it's a term that is included in every setting be it academic or corporate you want your workplace always to be filled with diverse part of the community to show representation however most of this my dear listeners lies only in papers given the published and perished nature of academia the role of journals and editors in propagating this very cycle of injustice in this space is amplified there is evidence of high rejection rate of papers from traditionally represented groups the career progression of many groups is obstructed due to this very lack of representation and especially disabled community in academia so today on the occasion of world mental health day i present to you a conversation that i hold very very close to my heart with one of my dearest friends named nikita godke nikita and i connected over twitter a few months ago through a mutual friend of ours and the story that she has regarding her struggles is straightforward a blast of inspiration to many She identifies as a disabled woman in STEM alongside suffering from borderline personality disorder. From sending stickers on WhatsApp to being there for me always, she is one of the most brightest people that I have ever met. So here is our informal conversation on why inclusivity in academia matters. Right. So um in the previous conversation that i had with arjun i discussed about why the mental health of dropouts is important and today as the title suggests i have a very special guest with me uh, her name is nikita gorke and uh, she will introduce herself in a while she's a very good friend of mine so nikita you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners sure um my name is nikita gorke and i am currently right now living in bangalore i am a research assistant at harvard and i work remotely i think i should mention the work remotely because people think that i am at harvard right now in person <laughs> it's so uh, yeah. still <laughs> and i graduated last year with a triple majors in psychology english literature and journalism i am very passionate about psychology neuroscience specifically to do with language development infant cognition and anything and everything related to brain development and mm-hmm. infants I also identify as a disabled person which is to do with I have chronic pain in my legs I suffer from something called degenerative arthritis at an age of 24 I got my first diagnosis when I was 18 and I also suffer from a mental a mental illness called borderline personality disorder which I got around 5 years ago and I'm currently going through treatment for it right so like that is so brave of you just to say it out loud you know that i am a disabled person in academia but which brings me to question again that what is disability in academia i think disability is anything that affects your day to day life mm-hmm. and in academic settings it could be not able to keep up schedules or not able to you know work with deadlines or not able to show up to meetings or show up to classes you know it's very underrated people think in quotes lazy to this but i think that is more than that it has to do with a lot of how exhausting it could be as a disabled person i mean disability is a lot more than just physical right it could also be mental illness yeah. and for me it's mean more like you know mental mentally i have been drained Because hmm. physically, I'm of course drained because it's a lot of pain to go through. But I don't think anxiety, depression, um, anything that goes on with the list of mental illness is something that people look at as disabled. Disabled. 
Mm-hmm. And it's sad because in academia, when you are in academy, it's ruthless. It waits for no one, you know. <laughs> it's like you grab an opportunity and you have it, it's yours. Then if you don't, because you missed out on something, then it's your loss. It's never that, oh, mental health is important. You should take breaks. We have a really bad culture where we have to sort of go with the flow and always be fit and fine. And it's pretty toxic in some ways. So I feel like disability in academia is more to do with, you know, it's not inclusive. And it has to literally do with not able to stick to deadlines, not able to show up to work, not able to do work as much as what the society entitles to do. I wouldn't even want to use the word normal because in my recent findings of a lot of Twitter, Twitter community has told me that we are normal, you know, we shouldn't disclose ourselves as abnormal because nothing is abnormal of being a disabled person. We look at the same, we are the same. We just have difference, differences in how everybody else probably lives. That yeah. doesn't make us abnormal, you know. Yeah, I and don't see so like, yeah, so like, Nikita, yeah. we have this notion of, you know, when we talk about disabled people, we are just like, you know, consciously we build this thought that, oh, it's somebody in a wheelchair or somebody who has lost an arm, he or she or they are disabled. But like, what is so wrong about this mentality? What do you think? Like just people who have fractured arms and people who can't speak, they I only are they labeled as disabled right now and people like you who are vocal about their own disabilities in academia and also suffering from mental illness simultaneously uh do you think this impacts you as a person as well definitely because honestly speaking so if you were to meet me in person mm-hmm. you're going to expect me to be on a wheelchair or have a stretcher mm-hmm. or something on those lines but I'm mm-hmm. not I'm yeah. someone that can walk on my own and I'm someone that needs help sometimes, that needs a wheelchair, but I can walk on my own. So the first question I get for someone that met me through Twitter or LinkedIn is, oh, but I thought you were disabled. And I'm like, yeah, but when did disability become visual? You know, like when did just wheelchairs? So when did just a certain visual aspect of it become disability? I mean, disability is a lot more than just visibility. Like mental illness, we cannot hold on a badge and be like, yeah, I suffer from depression. Hmm. You know, you can have depression and anxiety and still be a high functioning person in the society. Hmm. And specifically when we are in our country, disability is very limited. I feel hmm. like the word disabled has so much stigma around it, you know, like yeah. for me itself to use the word disability, it took me quite a long time. For years, I have been hiding it, you know, and it took me quite a long time to mention and talk about it as my identity. And my parents still disapprove it because to them, disability is weakness and limited limitations and whatnot. The list goes on. But I think it empowers me. I think it makes me stronger. So yeah. I don't see anything wrong in using the term. And, and and definitely it's not virtual. I completely understand whatever you are saying right now. And I, I see, I cannot relate because I don't identify as a disabled person. But as somebody who has been suffering over the years about this, like I have anxiety disorders and I have had yeah. PTSD. So mm. the marginalization that occurs in academia is just insane because see, no. when we open up, there's this problem of, you know, when we open up and we are like vocal about, see, we are disabled and we have this problem. Mm. So they'll just mm. start looking at us as like, oh, bichare, like, you know, you're, yeah. you know, it's okay. We won't give you work, bro. That does not mean I cannot do work. I am just exactly. saying that I have this issue and I would like my space and time. But sometimes people don't understand that, right? That's a big issue in academia, you know, the moment. I mean, I'm not sure about how the US and UK work, but with India, it is a problem. Like the moment someone comes to know you are disabled or for that matter, you have a mental illness, 
I think you're just pushed to sidelines that, okay, this person is not going to stick to deadlines or this person is going to be this and that. And I don't see it being a wrong thing. I feel like someone should support it that mental illness should be having a break. Just like how if you're injured and you fall, you're like, oh, you should take a break. One of the same that works for mental illness. Why does that work with mental health itself? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all can get exhausted. We all can have concerns. Mm-hmm. But I think academia, this is something that we have to still look for like another 10, 20 years till mm-hmm. it can be looked at as a seriousness. Because I feel like a lot of professors, a lot of colleges feel like if you are someone that has any mental health concerns, mm-hmm. you are either labeled lazy or you're labeled as crazy. And they do yeah, not give you the importance. Incompetent as well. Yeah, exactly. People exactly. do that. <laughs> people do yeah. that. So it's just, it's like, it's crazy how, you know, then these notions affect people in academia as yeah. well. Till the day. Yeah. So how has your journey in academia been so far? And okay, you're a girl and I'm a girl and we both are women mm. in STEM. So I want to talk mm. about a little bit how much as women, we have to, you know, like, prove ourselves twice as mm-hmm. men do so how has your journey been in academia so far and then I'll go come on make it up so my journey has been tough you know because when I was around in my 12th standard mm-hmm. is actually when I fell ill you know the first sentence started up and I was in a women's college by the way I wouldn't want to disclose the name because I'm yet to be comfortable with it but I was mm-hmm. in an amazing women's college in Bangalore Hmm. And with the moment they came to know that I am unable to walk because I was unable to walk for a year. It took, I think, a year for doctors to realize what's wrong at an 18 year old who might be having arthritis. You know, it's very unusual. And uh, yeah, and like the university that I was in, the moment they came to know that I have this particular disability, Hmm. they just told me that I shouldn't shouldn't continue in the university anymore. So I had to repeat my 12th standard. And it was the most disheartening thing ever because I remember feeling so bad about using this term or being a part of the community because everybody looked at it as a limitation and weakness. Mm. And that was a huge drawback for me. And I had to struggle a lot because I'm one of the, I'm not a first generation student, but I'm the first one in my family to be going into academia, going into STEM. Mm. And it is tough, you know, because you have to navigate and understand the system and the system is not easy. It's not transparent. It's and nice. it's and it's bad when you're a woman and it's worse when you're a disabled woman. I think it just it just gets on more layers. And it's been so tough, you know, because I was so clueless as to what did I do wrong in something that I didn't cause myself on purpose that I was you know, sidelined and told that, okay, I should leave the university because I have this. Even though I was one of the star, you star students, they felt like, no, you know, a disability could just... Um, I don't know, somehow it just affected intellectual intellectual ability to be able to write exams or write anything, you know, and they were just worried about, oh, she will not be able to pass her exams. But how does my disability have anything to do with my intellectual ability? You see, it's, it's all because they think, you know, outside the society that, oh, women cannot do this, or women can have this, and then they'll just, you know, not efficiently work. And it's been so tough. But I've just over the years, you know, told myself I have goals and that I'm never going to let anybody tell me that I'm a less of a person because of the things I might have. Yeah. And I've just gone ahead, slowly building up stuff. I mean, it's not been easy. I have to take a year break. I'm again in another year break. Mm-hmm. I'm just prioritizing my health and I'm telling myself that there are ways trying to be as transparent as possible. And I'm just climbing up the staircase. You know, it's not been easy, but I feel like believing in yourself and getting out of a place that isn't being inclusive, respectful, I think it's all right away. And your journey will always, there'll always be something you'll remember and you'll thank yourself for leaving such spaces. And I have done that. You know, it hasn't been easy, but 
I have left spaces where I was discriminated because I'm a disabled student or, you know, questioned about my ability to do work just because I'm having chronic pains and I can't move on myself. So my journey has been pretty tough, but I think I'm happy with what happened. And I think that just makes me stronger and more empowering every time I go ahead in my life. Man, you are empowering. Come on. Such an inspiring story. <laughs> you, you have to be honest, right? It is pretty inspiring. It is. I mean, it is. But, you know, when you look back at, when I was looking back at a few years, I never used the word disability. Yeah. I would just tell people, yeah, I suffer from chronic pain and yeah, I suffer from BPD and that would be it. Or rather, I would be scared to talk about it because I know the moment I tell someone, oh, you know, I suffer from a mental disorder and they would just look at me, you know, like, oh, completely what is this? I completely yeah, understand like, what you're yes. saying. And it's so bad. Like, I would feel bad about it because there's nothing wrong with me. Like, just one minute prior to the conversation, they're all happy and jolly with me. But the and moment I tell them this... Sympathetic yes. that you don't want. Yeah, it's so bad. Like, I don't want all this, you know? It, it makes me feel like suddenly, if I'm a human being, I'm an alien. I'm just having a weird face on and they just look at me like, I what is this? Know. Yes. And uh, also asking for help and ask, seeking, like just putting yourself out there, putting your true self is not a sign of weakness. So I don't understand why people look at you in a sympathetic way. They should look at you in a way that, you know, she knows who she is. And maybe that is why it's scary. You know, a girl yeah. who knows everything. People don't yeah, like because they're so scared that you know someone according to the stigmatized thing is weakness is suddenly having strength and they yeah. don't know how to respond to it. Yeah. And I think another issue could also be because we don't have representation. You know, there are not a lot of women you'll find out who are disabled out there that get the praise that they require or get into the media and show that this is a person with so much inspiring stories. I mean, there are a lot of them, I'm sure, that are like so many of them having amazing stories, but no platform or no voice for it, you know. And that's a problem with academia as well. Like we don't have a lot of representation. So the other population doesn't understand how ableistic they can be with their behavior or how ableistic they can be with their judgments, even when they don't want to be. Hmm. I feel like, you know, it's not something that we know. Like they're not, we're not told to unlearn these patterns. We're just told, oh, someone with a wheelchair, someone with this is just bad. And, you know, they cannot walk and it's sad, you know, because we're never taught that, oh, it could also mean they're just different than us. But that doesn't mean they're weak. They're not weaker, they're just different. And doesn't mean that's a wrong thing. So I think there's a lot of unlearning and there's a lot of representation that's there and left out in academia. I mean, these preconceived notions that have been going down from the very moment that science was, you know, formed, I would say, the very moment yeah. that you, know, you look at the Nobel Prize winners and you, you see a yes. pattern, you see men winning every damn year and you're just like, yes, wait, all the research papers I'm reading are of women. Like exactly, exactly. Where are the prices going? It's exactly. It's insane. So there was this recent paper published, mm-hmm. um, uh, I think, by Wire India only. They mm-hmm. showed mm-hmm. that you know I link it in my episode. Yes, and they showed yes, that yes. women getting awards in science has deteriorated even more after two thousand. Although the mm-hmm. enrollment in science, in STEM especially of women, has increased. So where are we going yeah. wrong? Where are we going yeah. wrong? As society, where are we going wrong? And then I realized, oh, you need to mansplain a woman, whatever she does, right? <laughs> so she quit. Yeah. They quit. They have a family to take care. So they just yeah. And it's just... There's no support and encouragement given, you know, even if there's someone that's super motivated and wants to go into the field. I think it's just, it's the society that doesn't 
it just feels like sometimes i feel like the society wants the women to fail and we don't fail and then they get even more into oh how do they not fail yes, so they don't give them the award <laughs> i don't know let me do it let me do it for you let me mansplain this woman a bit more <laughs> and just drag her down a bit yeah yeah i mean it's it's insane like how we talked about how men actually do get all the prizes like i think recently someone also got right now for the physics part of it and it was a man so yeah, yeah. i mean the nobel prize winners are out now so most of them yeah. men again as expected yeah. so yeah it's just it's how it's going to be i hope over the years let's just say not a very short term year i know yeah, honestly we'll see yeah it'll take a lot of time for people to yeah. realize that abhi yeah. academia is again it's a man's field i have not it is i have not seen that many women especially in stem and people don't realize it the and it's insane because the amount of women in stem are more as compared to men then how come women are not getting recognized i i still exactly. don't understand still don't Same. understand yes so how can ideal academic inclusivity be achieved you know there are these top rated institutions of nation and they are still practicing these old tainted rules and it's not just uh nikita let me just tell you it's not just men and women it's caste mm-hmm. it's caste as well yeah. so there are labs in which only brahmins can enter but none yeah. of them yeah. can enter there are pipettes which only brahmins will use and no other will use. and i have seen it happen i have seen it happen in the top most institutes of india and yeah. yeah so like do you think okay just your honest opinion on how inclusivity can be achieved in academia like just an honest opinion I honestly think the first thing everybody should look at is that you're a human I'm a human mm-hmm. your gender your sex your identification really shouldn't matter as long as the skills that you have for the place that you're going into mm-hmm. and i mean the first because even like well like you said you know like caste is something gender is one thing if we were to look at each other with like oh you're a human being with skill set so am i i think academia would be so much of a better place and we wouldn't have these biases coming around about oh you know a certain gender is probably given more importance or a certain caste is given more importance you know so i feel like inclusivity first starts from your thoughts unlearning these patterns Mm-hmm. and i think this is something that our older generation should be taught more about because i feel I like the current generation actually understands these things i mean not like the whole generation i mean there are parts and parcels but i feel like older generation is to be like spoken more about with awareness because right now the ones that hold laughs are those so that's one secondly i feel like another could be for the disabled community is to have like a proper uh, infrastructure of laps where it's it's like you know you're not having too many staircases for someone that might be having a disability you keeping it more friendly enough for them to enter or friendly enough for them to have a flexible work hours because see while someone that is not disabled can work say for example 8 to 9 hours like you know maybe wanting to sit in middle and stand up but for someone that might be having say a chronic pain in their legs or hands might not be able to function as much as the other gen- other population can do so you know being more open towards them listening to their concerns not discriminating them because oh you're disabled you're not working these many hours i mean you know that's another way of going about it and i think i feel like another could be talking about mental illness more in workspace yeah. i think it's very underrated yeah. all mm-hmm. of us at some point deal with it you don't have to have a mental disorder or diagnosis to be suffering or you know experiencing it so mm-hmm. i feel like those need to be spoken about that needs to be spoken about that that breaks for mental health is important 
And I think those are some ways that you can, you know, include more and have space safe spaces. And I mean, the first thought that I spoke about human being a human is the most important, that that inclusivity is for everything, mm. be it for gender, be it for sex, be it for caste, be it for anything, because mm. that's where the problem starts, you know, stigma starts from the whole layers of ident identification. Like mm. in India, we, do, we go with religion, we mm. go with caste, we go with gender. I mean, look at the layers we already have. I mean, if you are a man who might be from an upper caste and like you're already given the privilege, but if it's the opposite, then it's it's like you're doomed of all these things and it's sad so i feel like we need to unlearn a lot of patterns and this will only happen when we have more conversations in academia specifically in the academic settings like labs and classes i think we'll slowly get there where we stop looking at each other with those labels and start looking at like okay professionally that you have the skills that are required for the lab that's it that all matters but right now that's not the case <laughs> yeah that's going to take a lot of time it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of time. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there should be like every year, like some class of mental health for the yeah. professors and students, like differently. So they can understand as teachers how exhausting it could get for them, their job and how it's important for them to take breaks. So students understand that see, if teachers can take breaks, so can the students. I mean, it's a both way, right? I mean, you can't just be like, oh, the students need breaks. Even the teachers might be having their own health concerns. So the whole, I mean, everybody suffers some mental illness issues. Everybody suffers some symptoms of it. So mm -hmm. I feel like we need like a whole seminar and awareness, you know, based <laughs> session happening in India, like at least once a year, at least in October specifically, because also October happens to be uh, mental illness day, like mental health day celebration. You know, we have this whole month where we're given importance to talking about it, breaking the stigma. So mm. I feel like this month could be something that our country celebrates more and talks about. So this way we, you know, destigmatize all that, that we know about mental illnesses. Hmm. I think talking and saying that, you know, they're not alone fighting their own battles is one of the most yeah. important things that they can do in a workspace. And yeah. you know, like, it doesn't have to be academia, it can be corporate world, it can be anywhere. I have my cousins working in corporate and they suffer from mental health disorders the same way. Yeah. We yeah. And it's not like, you know, like if we say it out loud that you know like you know we are you know we are the sufferers of mental health disorders and then yeah. academia will yeah. look down at us but it does incorporate it doesn't there are these you know there are certain programs oh okay if, even if they're not that transparent even if they have to pay a bit more they do yeah. have certain outlets but it's so sad that you know we study what goes wrong we research and we are not paying attention yes, to what exactly. is going on in our own head exactly it's an irony that i will never understand <laughs> same same and i feel like specifically our country has a long long way to go about it because we recently have started talking about mental health as a yes. problem since yes. the pandemic showed up you know because yes. it became that it became on a rise a lot of concerns came up and that's when we're like oh mental illness exists mental health exists yeah you know so why like, that became nikita because people had a time to themselves to think bro yes. we are working like yes. robots they were legit you know they were making us work 12 12 hours 13 13 hours without us knowing without us realizing that we are putting so much hard work for so little amount that's coming out people were going like i as we were undergrads that time i was i was an undergrad mm -hmm. and i just realized that i used to go to classes i didn't even like and exhaust myself understanding concepts that i didn't even yeah. want to learn and this is not I wanted, what I wanted to do later as well. So why did I put so much effort into something that I did not want and exhaust my own mental health over it? And I, I, I like there was this whole stream going on on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. 
कि अब सोने को मिलेगा फाइनली यू नो नाउ वी कैन स्लीप प्रॉपरली बिकॉज स्लीप इज द बेसिक नेसेसिटी यू डोंट है you know you don't even want to do then what's the point yeah i recently read up about this and i was like so intrigued like how did like everything suddenly come up during the pandemic and then i realized that like you said you know that we getting time to ourselves i think it just brought up so many things for people to realize that oh you know we suffer from this oh we also experience this oh this is important yes exactly and that is why it's extremely important to talk about all these things rather than just yeah. into you know in a closet and sometimes people don't speak up because they want to be accepted in a in a place that they want to go and you know more the more i've seen people who are suffering alone who are not opening up who are not saying that they you know i suffer from this disorder or i identify as a disabled person or identify as a trans woman man whatever whatever they identify yeah, yeah. because they want to fit in into that notion of you know academia is only made for cis men and women that is it yes yes Yes, amen to that. That's so true. I mean, I myself didn't identify with the term in my school, in my college, because I was so afraid that what if the second college that I'm a part of in my undergrad also will tell me, no, you uh, have to leave the college because you're not okay. You know, because I had to fit in the shoes of being the person who's able. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not able. I'm not. I'm a person with disabilities, and that's okay for me to say. It's not a wrong thing. It doesn't. And you mean, told but... you wear it as a badge of honor. Yes, so yes. I mean, whole year of me, I identify. Yeah, I mean, it's been a year of me identifying with it, and I'm so proud because every year I'm just prouder of myself because I think it just makes me feel more happier and stronger instead of me hiding it. Hmm. You are a very strong woman, Nikita. I mean, nobody. has the guts to come up and say the th- stuff that you are saying right now and i i just hope that this episode reaches to people out there who are in a closet and who are just struggling to come out as a disabled person or as yeah. a person who is struggling from mental health because this is what i want this is what i want we i want my voice i want my voice i want your voice to be heard everywhere and tell people that there are people like us who exist and there is yes. you shouldn't shy away from saying that you know i am suffering and even if i'm suffering don't marginalize me and i want to be a part of it yes exactly yes exactly so do you have any just a closing thought or for people who are struggling with mental health anything or like who are in a closet right now i mean i would tell them that yeah it's all right to feel scared and i completely get them that they're scared and i validate that because that's the first step Hmm. but know that you might be actually helping other people as well you know when i first came out on twitter and i mentioned that i'm a disabled person with chronic pain and that i have either suffer from borderline personality disorder you won't believe the amount of dms i got saying you know i'm so happy you said that because even i do and it felt so good to be in a community where i know that there are other people like me because it felt like oh i'm not alone in this you know like you said if someone just wants to tell you that you're not alone in this and i'm here with you i think that itself is feels good So mm-hmm. while you're shy about it and you feel like no, I shouldn't talk about it, take your time. But trust me, the moment you do come out and you speak about it, it'll make you feel so strong and empowered because that made me feel that way. I was so scared of talking about it that I didn't realize that what if I spoke about it? What could be the worst thing that could happen? And it only made it better for me because now I'm not only able to be an inclusive person, but I'm also having a beautiful community in Academy on Twitter itself mm-hmm. that I know that suffer from a lot of 
a plethora of things and I know how strong they are about it and how much time it took them. So take as much time as you need and understand that validating yourself about it is all right and it's good to do and know that you're not alone in this. And when you get that voice and when you get that strength, come out and say, hi, I suffer from this and there's nothing wrong with it. You will feel so empowered, but take your time. Do not rush into this. I took a few years for me to mention that I'm a disabled person. So you should take your time, but know that it's an amazing feeling to come out. And I know that it might not go for everybody, you know, that well the first time they do, but you will work through it. And I'm sure it'll be the most amazing feeling you did, just like the way I had when I first came out as an identified as a disabled person. Oh my God. That is, uh, that is such an inspiring thing to say. I have tears in my eyes. <laughs> thank you so much, Pikita. I can't thank you enough. And we have to thank Keshav. Thank you, Keshav. Oh yeah, definitely have to thank him. I mean, yeah, I was so so happy. Like I'm so happy to be us. <laughs> yeah, really like a huge grateful shout out to him for this. Yes, huge shout out to him. And thank you so much for coming. And thank you so so much for speaking about this. Also, we've been planning this for a really long time. I would like to. Oh listen. yes. And then, like now, we decided. Yeah. Also, I will link Nikita's website also along with her Twitter. Uh, you can follow her. You can ask her, DM her, whatever you want. You know, just speak up if you want to. Always Maybe. open to answering and all DMs. Yes, she is always open, as I said. Like, she instantly replied to me. I didn't expect it. So. <laughs> I was like, randomly <laughs> sending a message and she's just like, oh, I would love to come. I was so happy. <laughs> And I'm so glad you did. This was such an eye-opening conversation. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that I got this opportunity as well because it's so important to get like a voice to talk about this. And I'm so, so, so happy. And huge oh. thank you to you and Keshe Badri for this because I cannot, cannot tell you how happy I am to be talking about this. Oh, that is so sweet. All right, Nikita then. Bye. I hope we Bye-bye. have conversations like this. And I hope you would yeah. come sometime later as well to talk about women in you know stem as well with me definitely yes yeah thank you for coming thank you so much for coming you're an amazing amazing person (laughs) thank you so are you yeah oh (laughs) yeah all right bye discrimination continue to be a barrier to social inclusion and access to right mental health care. We all can play a part in increasing awareness about mental health and World Mental Health Day is the opportunity to do that collectively. The motto of this year by World Health Organization is making mental health and well-being a global priority. It stands as an opportunity for all of us to come together and recognize progress in this field. All we have to do, my dear listeners, is to be vocal about it. If you like this episode, please make sure to share this episode with your friends and follow the podcast on whatever platform you are listening it on. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing right now, I just hope that tomorrow brings a better day for you and I'll see you in the next episode. Till then, stay warm, stay safe and remember, seeking help is a sign of strength, not weakness.